Welcome back to the 12-Sided Guys. We have Matt playing Pine. Hi. Scott playing Joff. That's me. Jordan playing Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina playing Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, playing this wicked solo on a recorder I bought for $8. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) If anyone can name that song, then uh, I think Matt knows it. Oh, yeah. Seventh grade jazz band. Come on. Oh, yes. Very good. I just was trying to remember my part. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming in, sitting back and chilling out with us for an hour or two. If you're already a patron, you can follow along with our maps and battle maps as we go. You can also check out our character sheets and listen to us talk about our recent level up. If you want in on some of this sweet Patreon action, just go to patreon.com slash 12 sided guys. That's one, two sided guys. Different tiers get you different things, so make sure you sign up for the content you want. And for everyone else, we're glad you're here with us and join the show. You know who else would enjoy the show? Your friends, coworkers, and or family. So let them know we're here, and then you guys can pass the time talking about the campaign so far. Also, any questions you want answered in our second Q&A need to get into us by November 28th. That way we can get those answered up and on the Patreon ASAP. And I need to give a quick shout out to the state of Mississippi. You're the kind of state I'd like to get to know better. I would totally take you out to a nice romantic dinner, but sadly, you're a married woman. Get it? Mrs. Ippy? Anyway, if you already... (laughs) Anyway, if you already knew that the best way to beat a massive zombie dog is to just blow a whistle, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 39. very proud of that Mrs. Ippy joke. <laughs> you were. I mean, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was also, yeah, it was also I'm pretty really sure I bad. warned Matt that there was going to be a great joke at the beginning of this one. I did not tell him the joke, but <laughs> did it disappoint, Matt? Did it disappoint? I'm so disappointed. <laughs> not in the joke. I'm disappointed in you. That's so much worse than (laughs) I've been married for 18 years. I'm used to it. I love Uh, how the joke was she's a married woman. Nothing nothing to do with the fact that you've been married for 18 years. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Anyway. High up in the glass mountains in the Tallheart Valley is a small town called Woodbridge. And in one of those small houses, uh, the house of Yostin, a new ally to Nari and the boys, Joff sits and writes in his notebook. I found a quiet corner in Yostin's home to write some of my thoughts. I've got a few things that are troubling me. We spent the better part of yesterday traveling through the valley out out to this village called Woodbridge. The Tallhearts welcomed us mostly to question Nari about her people. Their leery eyes seemed to be waiting for her to reveal the mystery about her people's seclusion in their summer home. I detect some contempt, maybe not for Nari, but perhaps for the vacuum her people left in the valley. My mind has permanently shifted. It's drawn to Aaliyah Brava and the way she was murdered. 
Where once I saw an opportunity for personal gain in other people, now I only see myself under different circumstances. We may look different, but we're all the same. How could I take advantage of myself? Could I even shed the blood of an Imperial? I'd be killing myself. Rather, a version of me had I been born under different circumstances. Everything and everyone on Pavantis is connected. We're all one people. National borders are just constructs of society. Evie's back from the grove now. Uh, I'm not sure what he was doing, but he's walking a little lighter on his feet than he has in a long while. That new prophecy told us that he's the avatar of Lord Moshe. At least that's what I understood. It's such a contradiction. He's made of metal and crystal. I'm not even sure he has a soul. Nothing about him is natural, and yet the Lord of Nature has selected him. <laughs> Speaking of the lords and ladies, I took on the name of Lady Jaffa as a cruel joke of my fate as the heir, but the more I've thought about good and bad luck, I, I can't tell the difference between them. I used to see them as two sides of the same coin, but that, that isn't it. Me calling it bad luck is an unwillingness to accept the constant changing nature of this world. It's not a coin. Fate and luck are a misunderstood painting. We all see the same picture, but we make our own conclusions about their meanings. On our way to Summer Home, we're going to pass through Winter Home, and the Tall Hearts here told us that some new inhabitants have moved in. <sighs> me and my friend... <clears throat> pardon me, scratch that out. My traveling companions and I, we've affected change wherever we've gone. But I think our story is far from over. I'm rambling at this point. I need to go to sleep. Ouch. We've been relegated to work colleagues. <laughs> Are you reading over my shoulder? <laughs> Slight acquaintances. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. You are high up in the glass mountains. You are mounted up and ready to leave the village of Woodbridge. Um, Yastin has decided to come with you on his Alaton, his kind of gray and uh, black and brown Alaton, much more natural colors than um, compared to Crumbles. But um, he is ready to lead you to the edge of Tallheart territory and into Stormfist territory. So before you guys leave Woodbridge, it is the morning, the sun is shining. Um, there is, a, a, there's still like a little patches of snow here and there um, and in the trees from some of the earlier snowfalls that have happened, but there has not been snow here in the valley uh, for at least a few days uh, since you guys got into the valley. So is there anything you guys want to do in Woodbridge before you leave? I think that Pine would have liked to spend a little time in the morning seeing if we can get the the prophecy that we heard, see if we can get that nailed down between the four of our memories. I think it's a good idea. Let's let's repeat it so that way it's fresh on fresh on the mind. Okay, so I think between between the, the four of us, I think we're we're pretty close. Um the prophecy we heard was the Lord of Wood speaks from afar of things to come, of things to end, and his unknowing avatar Ebby now comes with nature's end in hand. He comes with hope and not alone, a fist of storm and shattered band. Nori, a royal line without a throne. Joff, a blade at waist and stick in hand. Moi, 
The ancient magics buried deep within Pavantus's youngest child. The wounds, though closed, begin to weep, her very core with love defiled. The cure has worked until our day. Now barriers begin to break. An angel trapped, his prison fades every time the ground does quake. What was to be may yet hold sway if the angel has his say. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. As far as I recall it, yes. Sounds good to me. You know, the only thing I'm a little bit fuzzy on is the whole her very core with love defiled. I'm not sure if that is in reference to maybe the Lord or Lady of Love. But anyway, I, I, something I want to ponder on and understand a bit better. Who, do, who is, I can never remember, who is the, um, the Lord or Lady of Lustful Love? The one who may do some defiling. <laughs> well, there's Lady Xanlius, who is like more of like a familial motherly love. And then there's like Lord Radriel, of course, whom we are very familiar with, who is passion, lustfulness, and erratic, unpredictable love. Oh, yes, yes. I remember his, his handsome Squidward avatar. Oh, stop. <laughs> I remember that jawline. Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. When it says the youngest child, I think that might be talking about the mountains. If, if you guys remember that map that we found in the library, it didn't have mountains here. So maybe maybe the Pavantus's youngest child is these mountains and there's some sort of wound in it. The only thing I can think of that, that might be a wound would be like an open volcano or something. I, I, I really don't know. Maybe we could have this conversation on the road. Seems like a great way to pass the time. Yeah. Burning daylight. <laughs> Capital idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. You guys start heading out. Um, Yostin leads the way. It's actually a fairly easy trail to follow. I mean, um, it doesn't get a lot of use, but it's a, like a single track, um, you know, dirt path. You lose it every once in a while in, in brush and overgrowth because it's not traveled that often. Uh, but it, Yostin's really good at picking out the way. Um, you travel, it's, it's also really easy to follow because basically it follows this river that comes down out of the mountains. Um, and as you guys are traveling, Yastin kind of explains, and Nari, you would know this, that this river basically um, comes down um, out of the Stormfist Valley and it actually comes down out of um, the mountains right near Summer Home. So if worse comes to worse, you could just follow this river up uh, and into the mountains and it will eventually take you to uh, Summer Home. But yeah, as you guys travel, you guys can continue talking. Maybe somebody that knows geology better than me might might have a guess on what a wound in these mountains might be. Right. Ancient magics buried deep within Pavanta's youngest child. Something... Well, we found the key in the glass mountains. Mount Tabor's part of the glass mountains. What if, what if the wound is something we've not yet seen? Um... I've often kind of wondered this. Where do the crystals come from that power so much of what we know of of magic and magical uh, technology? You know, we know that they grow the further down you go. Is that the steady weeping of energy that's causing those crystals to form? Who knows, honestly? It's, it's perplexing. Your words... Um... The, the crystals grow the farther down you get, closer and closer to, to the core of the planet. Could that be what's defiling the, 
the core with love is crystals. Oh, maybe. Or that the crystals are the byproduct of this foul love. Hmm. This toxic love, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> That's great. My ha, 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 toxic love. <laughs> Isn't that Tim Curry, too, that does the voice acting yes, on that? I think so. And he's, all, he's all so good. He's all something, something. Yeah, poison rain. slime. <laughs> No, it's like this awesome kid show that like suddenly busts out with this great rock song. Awesome. I don't know if I'd call it awesome. The best song from Ferngully is, go ahead, Matt. I know what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the name is Batty. The logic is Eretti. <laughs> exactly. The Robin Williams uh, bat rap. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Uh, after that tangent, you guys are still traveling. Um, you guys have a couple of days, you know, before you'll get to the dividing line between Tallheart and um, Stormfist. So you guys can just kind of have this conversation and we'll just kind of continue to travel until you guys are done talking and then we'll kind of figure out what happens for the night. Inexplicably singing songs from Ferngully as we travel. <laughs> Again, Pine is that kind of person who just would like, as you're traveling, he's like, oh, you know, the name is Betty. And so just start coming to himself. <laughs> Potato in a jacket. Toys <laughs> in the attic. <laughs> All right. Does Nari notice anything like different or strange as they're traveling along and getting closer to the Stormfist Valley? Um, so at this point, you guys are still very much in Tallheart territory. And at this point, it looks like Tallheart territory always does. Um, lots of forests, um, you know, evergreen trees with very, you know, there are deciduous trees as well, but definitely dominated by the, the pines and the firs that grow up, uh, here in these, uh, in this valley. Um, nothing you can tell different. I'm not going to make you make a check. It seems like, honestly, it seems like you're coming home. Like that's kind of how it would probably feel to Nari, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for Nari. This is very nostalgic, very reminiscent of just coming home. I think it's an anxious thing for Nari. Okay. Okay. Hey, Nari, uh, your tattoo that shattered, how's, how's that looking? Is it had any changes since you've been heading toward home? I don't, I don't think it's gotten any better, but it hasn't, gotten any worse mm. so i i suppose that's a good sign and we said that that's a, like a, a tattoo around your bicep that shattered yeah yeah okay hmm. oh the name is betty <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys travel on along this river every once in a while when you guys take a break um, your, uh, your beekaboos, um, will take a little dip in the river, um, and swim around a little bit. And then that makes it cold when you get back up and mount back up, but it warms up pretty quick. Um, yeah, as you guys travel, the beekaboos seem to keep up with the caribou and the alatons, no problem. This first day of travel goes just fine. And in fact, what we're going to do, um, we're just going to have uh, a group survival check, which means we'll have one person make it with advantage. Um, and then that will determine how well travel goes. I will assist Ebby. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> do you want Ebby to do that, or do we want Nari to have a go at it? I I have a plus five, so if oh. you have a plus six, that would be better. I've, I mean, I'm plus eight. Oh, well, <laughs> hell yeah, then, dude. I rolled like a three or a four, like, both times I did it last time, so, you know. Oh, man, nice. That's okay. I believe in this you. Is your, this is your week. This is your week. 
Rolling the thunder. That's that's what it is. As you're as you're preparing for this, Joff is going to mumble some words to his ancestors to try and give you a little bit of assistance. You can Ooh. roll a d4 to and add it to your your uh, dice roll. Heck yeah, let's do this. Oh, um, so I rolled a 24 on my roll, and then we're going to add one to it with the d4 of is that like a guidance or a blessing or something like that? Yeah, yeah, a level zero spell guidance. Cool. Um, yeah, so 25. Oh, yeah, no problem. And in fact, Yastin's helping you out as well. Um, as you guys are traveling along the river, you know, looking for the path, all that kind of thing, um, Yastin will every once in a while say, oh, so when the path disappears, he'll say, oh, look over and you've already found it, Ebby. Like you already just naturally have been able to follow the tracks. And you actually, as you are traveling, you see um, anybody who um, pays attention can can notice that Yastin is actually um, has a little bit more... Um, respect for ebby um now let me just make sure i understand this yastin has not seen that ebby is a deacon yet correct uh yeah that's correct i think the only ones that have seen it have been was it the people in the grove did they notice it the elder did pull back your sleeve and touch your metal skin yes to give you your blessings because you have that um that extra d8 uh uh inspiration there oh yeah that will last forever until you use it so Super rad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys travel. Last fight in the whole campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be epic. Just remember a natural one is still a natural one. Okay. I'm going to probably blow it in like a tavern as we try to like steal a gold purse off of a sleeping guy or something. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, that is how most D and D campaigns go. That would be true. Right? Yeah. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to just kind of jump ahead a little bit with that survival role. You guys are doing fantastic. You actually travel for three days. Um, and each night as you're traveling, um, Yostin and Ebby working together and even and Nari too helping out like you, you people who know nature and especially people who are aware of this area, you guys are just able to kind of um, synergize all your skills and find excellent places for camping. Um, and uh, it, as you guys you guys sleep really well. In fact, um, as you guys are um, are camping and traveling, uh, you can't help but think back not only to the mountains that you just came through that were incredibly brutal, but even when you were traveling through the forest outside of Tabri um, in the rainstorm, that that long, long night that was like six episodes, um, that, uh, that travel, um, this is... 10 times better than that, even though it is much colder up here. Um, and um, after three days, uh, I think I said three days is what it's going to take to get to the edge of Stormfist and Tallheart land. Um, after three days, you guys are well rested and um, have had no problems. In fact, uh, at some points, uh, like Yostin might leave the trail for a little bit and come back with some, like uh, some game, some like a deer or maybe a, uh, uh, a couple of uh, birds of some kind. A falcon wolf. <laughs> a falcon wolf. Yes, he comes back with a falcon wolf. <laughs> uh, which makes me think of, uh, what is it, Eagle Fang from uh, the dojo from uh, from uh, Cobra Kai? Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but you, you guys are eating well. You guys are camping well. You guys are just kind of enjoying this trip together. Um, you feel like Yostin has kind of opened up to you a little bit. Not that you, you know, he's not like let you into his life and you guys aren't like, playing truth or dare at night or anything like that. But um, uh, you feel like he has become um, less of an acquaintance and traveling companion and more of a, uh, of an ally uh, at this point. Um, 
But we're going to fast forward now to these three days of travel. Can I, can I ask a quick question, Paul? Yes. I needed to spend some time with my new and improved sword. Yes. So I will have done that by now. Okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah, you could have done that the first, uh, like on that trip, the just the first day of travel. Yeah, yeah. Pine, as you, uh, that first day as you're traveling, you kind of, you, you get to know this new sword, this new sword that also just seems so old and familiar to you. It still has that shape of the classic saber that you've been using for so many years uh, with that extra, very thin band of metal that runs right down along the blade. Um, and you now have a saber of sharpness. Awesome. Yes, which means that you have the potential to hack off limbs. <laughs> it also means, just so you're aware, uh, you can actually um, make it light up as well. Okay. I think that's part okay. of, that's part of the, uh, the, the... But I have skill. this red candle. <laughs> <laughs> the red candle you can move around without having to hold it. You can like leave it yeah. with the sword you have to have in your hand. Um, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rename it, though. I'm going to rename it the Menarest Officer Saber Level 2. There you go. <laughs> 2.0. Um, the glow, when you, when you light it up, the glow actually comes from the band of metal on the inside. That, that uh, sharp wit blade that has been embedded into the officer's saber. Very so, cool. Yeah, awesome. Well, very cool. Okay, we are going to fast forward now. Three days of travel. Somewhere around noon on the third day, you are traveling along the river. Um, it's... Uh, a nice worn path at this point. Um, and um, I want everyone to make perception checks as you are walking along the path through the forest along this river. Joff got a 16. Nari also got a 16. We're twinning. Pine got half of that, an 8. Is he's a half sibling? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ebby got a 17. Just had to show us up. <laughs> yeah, casual. No biggie, you know. Pine, as, you, as you're riding along, you're, you're singing, um, uh, I think it was It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To, to yourself. So you don't notice this, but um, Ebby and Nari and Joff, as you guys are riding along, you see up ahead on the left and on the right are these kind of bushes. But you can see that the bushes, um, it's like uh, climbing vines and things. They've covered over something, uh, some kind of uh, either a big rock or something. And it looks like there is one on the... Uh, right side of the road and one on the left side of the road. Um, and that's what you guys see as you are going along the path. I'm, I'm having flashbacks to the never-ending story and the oracles that shoot lasers at people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so much better. Yeah, in fact, Yastin rolled a three on his perception check. He's probably um, trying to learn the song that Pine is uh, humming to himself. He's like, wait, it's my party or it's your party? It's my party. It's a song of my people. <laughs> Okay. Why would I want to cry? <laughs> Perfect. All right. Very good. Okay. So, Ebby, uh, Nari, and Joff, you guys have noticed these two kind of uh, mirrored, um, kind of overgrown structures of some kind. Yastin, is there, were there civilizations that perhaps lived in this area previously? Uh, Yastin says, oh, why, why do you ask? Well, you just don't often see that kind of symmetry. Uh, in nature. Look at these stones over here. He pulls up short. What? What's the matter, Yustin? Ebby's kind of starting to walk. He was going to start walking over to one of the, the stones on the left, but he stopped when Yustin stopped. Yeah, Yustin is going to dismount and he is going to um, let his uh, Elaton kind of uh, wander a little bit and he is going to walk up towards these structures. And then as he's walking up, he says, I didn't realize we were so close already. Uh, this is 
the boundary between Tallheart and Stormfist. And Nari, you would now recognize this, although the last time you came through, this was not these these two structures. You know, uh, growing up here, that these are two like statues um, of like big, strong uh, warriors um, carved out of wood, but they have definitely been overgrown. And you would know, Nari, that that never happened before, that the Stormfists would actually clear these off and keep them well-maintained. And now they have been overgrown with um, ivy and vines, that kind of thing. I hate ivy. I have so many bad things to say about ivy. Don't even get me started on that stuff. Well, you are then extra ticked off at this ivy. I am irate. Nari's going to take her axe and she's going to really get at the root of it and hack it, hack it down and try to get these statues uh, free from this menace. Okay, so so Nara, you're going to climb down off your uh, off your peekaboo, and you are going to uh, go up to which one? The one on the left or the one on the right? Uh, the one on the right. Okay, perfect. Yeah, you 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 start trying to kind of clear it off. You can see that some of the bushes come off really easily, and some of them have wound around very very tight around this statue. Joffle dismount too and say, Nari, do you need a hand? Are you trying to clear off all that ivy? Yeah, but you got to get it from like the roots and and. We're going to have to come back year after year. This stuff is invasive. <laughs> it's going to be a big deal, dude. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, how, how often are you planning on coming back here? Well, at this point, I don't know. At this point, we got to take care of these things on the regular. So we better figure out who's uh, in charge here and, and see what's going on. Yeah, Nari, you would. it looks like nobody has been here to keep these things clean for a long time. And can I tell you guys a quick story about Ivy? I was helping my brother clear some ivy one time with like tools, like I had a hoe and everything. And as I'm clearing out the ivy, guess what I found in the ivy? I found a hoe and some clippers because somebody else tried to clear the ivy and they just gave up and literally <laughs> left their tools and walked away because that's how much ivy sucks. <laughs> that's great. So Nara, you start kind of pulling on these weeds and trying to clear off this statue. Yastin is kind of standing in the middle of the path um, anyone who wants to can make like a, like a insight check or perception check. There's also this statue here on the left side that is also covered in Ivy. Pine will ride up next to Yostin and he'll, he'll kind of, he'll, he'll try to look to see what, what Yostin is kind of focused on. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, make an insight check. There we go. There's my 16. I'm a twin again. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, Pine, as you're kind of go up to there to talk to Yastin, you can see um, he's got these big antlers. They're not as big as like the elders, but they're definitely um, mature adult antlers. Not the biggest that you saw in in the town of Woodbridge, um, but um, he is a uh, an adult. He is a he has a modest rack. <laughs> we were going to confine that to that episode. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> he is a seasoned. Um, like a traveler seasoned warden of the tall heart lands. And you can say he sees, he seems uneasy and he is looking West Northwest into Stormfist land. He is standing basically at the line between these two statues and not going any further. And he's just kind of looking North and West. You see him like scanning the trees and scanning, uh, uh, you know, left and right. Uh, as Nari is kind of hacking away at these weeds, she's going to kind of investigate the statue um, and see if she can notice anything different or anything strange or anything about it. Why don't you make a uh, a nature check? 
or or uh, yeah, nature or investigation. One of the two. You pick. I'll give her the help action as I'm kind of helping her uh, pull oh. the Ivy off. Nice, cool. Because I rolled a four and then I rolled an eleven. Okay. Um, the statue looks pretty much how you have always seen it. It looks um, like it's been a little bit more worn by like rain and wind and things like that. So um, as you're kind of clearing off some of the ivy, the there's places where the wood has become like the carving has become a little bit brittle. Um, and so you can you can kind of chip pieces off if you're not careful. And that's about all that you notice. So, Ebby, you're still on your caribou. And and Pine is on um, uh, Crumbles. Uh, Yostin's Alaton has kind of wandered um, kind of up north of the road, still in Tall Heartland, um, is kind of uh, grazing in the grass. And then um, it's a gas. Maybe can you dig it? Um, and then the <laughs> two... Um, Matt got that joke. <laughs> I can dig it. He can dig it. She can dig it. We can dig it. They can dig it. You can dig it. Oh, well, let's dig, dig it. And then the two uh, beekaboos are actually down. Um, they are wading in the river, um, kind of sticking their beaks down into the water and uh, coming up with like fish and and uh, like things in the water. So uh, nobody is doing anything with this statue to the left. Ebby uh, is kind of going over that way to kind of trot around it and investigate a little bit. Okay. Um, just just looking for kind of anything outside of the ordinary, like. I don't know if anybody's been hacking at it with an axe or or if maybe the vine growth is unnatural, like trying to see if he can discern anything like that. OK, why don't you uh, make a quick uh, nature check or investigation check? Sure. Let's do nature. <laughs> I got a seven. Oddly enough, the druid has not a very great nature score. <laughs> is the druid proficient in nature? Uh, yeah, he is, but because it's intelligence based and not wisdom based. <laughs> yeah, oh, that that's makes awesome. Sense. Yeah. So, I mean, no, everything looks natural. You can, you also get the impression that this one is, has become brittle as well. Um, the wood is, you know, it's not been treated or anything that nobody's been putting, you know, I don't know what they would even use like wax or anything like that to preserve the wood. Um, and so it has become brittle with the sun and with the rain and with the wind. Got it. Um, I think Ebby's going to kind of turn about and noticing Yastin's kind of his trepidation and the the wary look that he's kind of directing towards the Northwest. Ebby's just going to kind of say, Yastin, tell me a bit about these borders. Um, what were your altercations with the Stormfists like? Did you often meet at this intersection or in these areas? Or tell me a bit about the history here. He he doesn't stop looking. You can tell as he talks, as he speaks back to you, he's um, he's he's talking, but you can tell he, he's preoccupied um, with scanning the the kind of the horizon, kind of scanning through the, the woods. He says, no. Uh, years ago, before the Stormfists closed off their themselves up in the mountain, um, this land was much like Tallheartland. We would travel back and forth and trade. And occasionally, yes, there were skirmishes. Um, oftentimes we would meet here to negotiate some kind of a disagreement here at these two statues. But, um, but no, lately, lately it's not, can you feel it? It's not, it's not the same. Yes. And who moved in when the Stormfists left? Creatures 
from higher up in the mountains have moved down. Who exactly has taken over? I'm not sure. But I do know that sometimes our, our wardens will travel into Stormfist lands and sometimes they do not come back. You say creatures, like, are we talking like Arctic beekaboos? Or are we talking like the great northern caribous, like the one that I'm riding here? Or are we talking like, you know, uh, winter wolves? Or, or is it perhaps like the great Arctic sheep that'll, you know, uh, kind of roam up on the rocky areas on the slopes? It's falcon you know? wolves, right? It's falcon wolves. falcon wolves. <laughs> I've always wanted to see more falcon wolves. Or perhaps the platybear. The platybear. <laughs> A rare and majestic beast, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Don't even speak its name. <laughs> uh, no, he says. He says creatures, creatures, angry creatures, dangerous. And as he says that, what is everyone's passive perception? Ebby uh, has a fifteen passive perception. Fine, has a thirteen. Nari has an eighteen. Joff has a seventeen. So, Pine, yours is a 13? Hell yeah, it is. Okay, so everybody... But Pine. But Pine... <laughs> gets to... Oh gosh, this is going to be so brutal. Gets to make this save normally. Pine has disadvantage. <gasps> Ooh. As this giant white spider drops down out of the trees you can almost see the mist coming off of its back like the 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 lines of freezing cold air kind of emanating from this gigantic tick spider creature as it drops down and it turns towards you and it breathes a cone of cold yeah. that will hit. i think it will hit everybody ouch this is not going to be good. Everybody, except for Nari, just according to the map, should be able to get my plus three to this uh, saving throw. Bless you, my child. That very well might save you. Um, here we go. I need constitution save difficulty 17. What? From, <laughs> yes. Uh, from everybody. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Con 17. Nari rolled a seven. Uh, Pine rolled a 17 and a six. So I have to take the six. Ebby oh. uh, rolled a 16 and then plus Pine's three puts it at Matt 19. Joff rolled a nine, then plus Pine's three to 12. <sighs> okay, let's see here. Um, we've got... This oh, was Austin. a really fun campaign, Paul. Thanks, thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for DMing. <laughs> what, what should we play next? I think Yastin got like a 10, so he failed as well. Um, let's see here. How many is this going to be? Oh, oh, gosh. That's 40 damage. What? Whoa. Ebby, you take half. Okay. Anybody who has resistance to cold takes half. Hey. I think that includes Nari and Jeff. That's me too, so I only take 20. Sorry, Pine. We love you. Burr. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't also, make a save for um, for Crumbles. Yes, I was going to say that also includes Crumbles and the Caribou. Oh. Uh, wait, half damage on a save. Crumbles can't can't make it. Crumbles is gone. Crumbles has a max hit points of 19, so even if he saves, he's taken oh, enough no. to, to knock, him, knock him out. 
I would Crumbles, bet you poof. a caribou, if it's like a the pack horse or draft horse, it's probably the same thing. He's probably toast. Your carib so crumbles disappears like instantly. Pine, you why don't you make a quick um, dexterity save to see if you can land on your feet? Yay, more saves. <laughs> crumbles disappears out from underneath you. That's a twelve. That's a twelve. We'll say you land on your feet. That's a twelve. That's okay. fine. Um, crumbles uh, with the freezing cold, this blast of white, and then instantly there's like this um, kind of wavy aurora borealis kind of uh, blast that kind of uh, shoots up into the sky as pine. Crumbles disappears from from underneath you. Ebby, make a dexterity save as your caribou falls down dead underneath you, frozen Ooh. solid like a tauntaun. You guys should have uh, invested in these peekaboos. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> the peekaboos are actually out of the way because they're down by the river. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, poor Pulkin just toasted right after that. <laughs> after his whole life, of course. And just oh, another slave animal out here to haul people up the mountains and now dead under my like, feet. My, my line ends with me, and so ends the majestic <laughs> line of Hulkin, the caribou king. <laughs> oh, man. Um, anyway, Ebby rolled an 18 on his deck save. Fantastic. Plus three, so it's actually a 21. So Ebby did a front flip and landed in a superhero pose on this dead caribou. <laughs> oh, oh gosh all right well then let's go ahead and roll some initiative pine rolled an 18 nari rolled a 10 ebby got a 14 joff got a 24 and this guy got a 10 it's clobbering time and yastin oh he got a really good roll he got 20 yeah, Jordan, it is clobbering time. It's totally clobbering time. <laughs> that we're, Our initiative rolls all go before El Duderino. Oh, yeah. El Duderino. How is Yostin looking? Yostin is bloodied, for sure. But he looks like he's not... He's not like on death's door or anything like that. He's he is standing um, and he actually uh, as soon as the blast hit, he kind of turned his head. Um, he took it full force. He didn't save, but he turns around and he's already got a bow and arrow ready to go. Joff, it's your turn. All right. Joff is going to mutter under his breath. Ancestors, guide my blade. And he's going to cast ancestral guidance. And he's also going to give this buff to uh, Nari and Mr. Pine. So whenever you make an attack roll, you can add a D4 to it. Nice. And then I, Joff will run forward a little bit, uh, maybe about half his speed. Um, he doesn't want to get, he doesn't want to engage the, the spider tick thing until someone else is there. Got it. It is Yostin's turn. And Yostin, the first thing he's going to do is he's actually going to head straight north and he's going to shout out, spread out. If he sprays us all again with that, we're done for. And then he is going to shoot twice. Let's see. He got a 23 and a 14. The 23 will hit. He's going to deal 16 damage with one shot. And then the other shot goes wide. And then Yostin's turn is over. It is now Mr. Pine's turn. Okay, well, Pine is, he'll say, Grumbles, no! I'll have to use a spell slot tomorrow to bring you back. Um, <laughs> he doesn't really say that. Um, what he will actually say is, The craven fall and are consumed. Sword of Infernos. And he is going to rush up 
to the spider tick with all of his movement. It just just he can just barely make it to him. Uh, and I will do a couple of attacks with my new sword. So first attack does a fourteen hit. No. Roll a d4 to see if it if oh. you can. Oh yeah, d4. Uh, so the first attack would have been actually a 17. Does that hit? It barely hits. Okay, all right. And then my second roll was a 26. So the first hit's going to do the, deal the extra fire damage and light it on fire. Okay. So the, the first hit will do a nine slashing. Okay. Uh, and then plus two fire damage. And then, you know what? I'll just, I'll throw a uh, Swordmaster's Fury on there as well. Um... So that will be an extra seven damage from the two other strikes. Nice. And uh, he's on fire now. Second attack will be 10 slashing damage. Okay. Okay. So total that would total that's 9, 11, 17, 18, 28 damage. Perfect. Okay. Is there anything else that Pine wants to do? Yeah. Second Swordmaster's Fury, level one. Okay. So, oh, that's a, that's 15 extra damage with those extra two swipes. That's huge. Fantastic. This thing is on fire. It's on fire. Why don't you make a quick um, perception check, Mr. Pine? It's a 19. When you hit this thing with fire, you see it rear back and instantly suck in a whole bunch of air. And you can see almost like this mist starting to come out of his mouth. This cold freezing air and pine you don't know how you know but somehow you just know that instantly his breath weapon recharged <laughs> i'll say i thought fire was a good idea but avoid it please and then that's my turn <laughs> all right um oh wait oh shoot how much damage did you do a fire two damage to fire uh yeah it was two fire damage okay the fire did seem to be extra effective well, I mean, play it by ear, but I think he's going to breathe on us again. All right. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Ebby, that brings us now to you. All right. I think Ebby's going to hang out back here. I don't think he's going to move at all. But what we'll have him do is he will go ahead and whip his cloak out to the side and get that power stance, that rock and roll power stance, and summon the unicorn totem and drop it kind of on the path between... Um, Joff and yeah, exactly where you placed it. Yeah, right on okay. the right on the path there. So it kind of gets everybody. Perfect. Um, and then I'm going to, if it's cool with you, go ahead and use my action to use Erdos's word on Pine. I am cool with that. Cool. And we will go ahead and heal Pine for six healing, and then everybody gets healed for seven. Awesome. And that is my turn. It feels great, but I still couldn't stand up to another one of those breath weapons. <laughs> Nari, it's your turn. Um, okay, well, Nari is not super stoked about this, uh, but she will run up as close to Pine as possible, um, which I think should be within striking range, and just hack at this thing with her axe, because that is not cool for that to be around. Perfect. Um, and that's a 21 to hit. That will hit. Okay. And that is 12 damage. Okay. And then again, a 20 to hit. That will hit. And that's 14 damage. Nice. Take that. Is there anything else you wanted to do? 
any bonus action or anything like that? Uh, no, I think for now, I think I'm okay. Okay. All right. Now that brings us, okay, this, the field has changed a little bit. Okay. Uh, as far as the breath weapon now for this spider, um, which you can see he rears back his head and he's looking for which target to go for. He can hit either, um, we'll say, uh, either Ebby and Pine, or he can hit Nari and Joff, or he can hit Yastin. Oh, he's going to go for Yastin. <laughs> well, wait, hold up. First, he has to make a constitution saving check to see if he gets if he's still on fire. <laughs> okay, let's see if he's still on fire. Oh, he rolled a natural 20. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. So the fire goes out, um, which is actually probably a good thing because then next round he'd take fire damage again, and then it would refresh, you know, because I think he takes damage at the beginning or at the end. Do you remember? It's at the beginning of his turn. Okay, well, then, okay. Um, Yastin is going to try to make a constitution save with a natural one. Oh my goodness. Oh no, Yastin. Wow, nat 20 to nat one. Yastin, no. But he got seven extra hit points, Paul. I don't know if he you did. know that. So um, here comes this breath weapon, which deals 8d10 cold damage. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that is massive. That is 54 damage, but just to Yastin, who drops. He is covered in like, you know, the crystals of like white skin and crystals and ice. His hair is kind of blown out behind him and frozen in place. And he actually does not drop. He's standing there frozen. Um, he will make death saving throws, uh, but he is definitely um, in the process of dying. Okay. Well, I hate that. <laughs> Joff, your turn. Joff is going to run up to the creature and kind of... Uh, skirt his way around him to be opposite uh, Mr. Pine. So, um, uh, like, on the complete opposite side of the creature of of Pine. And he's going to make an attack uh, with his scimitar from there. Okay. That is a... Uh, still Even if I rolled a, a, a d4, it's still not going to hit. I rolled a 10. Yeah, that's not going to hit. And then with his offhand, he's going to come up with the the chakram see if he can that one might i'm gonna roll the d4 i rolled a 15 i can do a d4 of four so 19 to hit on that one that will hit for 10 psychic damage and then okay. 13 precision so 23 damage total wow that's a great hit okay that brings us now to yastin he is going to make a death saving throw a 13 that's a one in the positive column okay Pine, you're up. Okay, well, Pine is going to, again, try to just skirt around this thing again so that we can be, um, we can kind of surround it so it can't get away. Um, and also, we're not in the same cone of cold uh, line. So I'm going to go ahead and take another couple of strikes against it with my new sword. So, does a 17 hit? Did we say that? Yeah, 17 hits exactly. Okay. Um, so that first one will do seven slashing damage. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and do a second level Swordmaster's Fury. Okay. So I will say, Unleash with precision, Swordmaster's Fury. And three more swipes come out for 14 more damage. Okay. And then for my second attack, I'm going to go ahead and just continue wailing on it. 19 to hit for another seven damage. I'm rolling like minimum damage on my normal hits. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and do a my last first level Swordmaster's Fury. 
Okay. 12 more damage. So your Swordmaster's Fury hits are, are getting pretty good, but everything else is not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, very good. Yeah, that was a good good hit. Good round for you. Yeah, this thing is definitely hurting. The two front of his eight legs are kind of a little bit more claw-like, um, and you managed to cut the left one off altogether. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to do? Bonus action or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll go ahead and, and say, Field Marshal, sir, I ask your aid. And toss out Kenexest stock. Uh, that's a 19 to hit with it. That hits. Six force damage. Or six force damage. Noise. So I had so two rounds. I have one spell slot left. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's paladins, man. All right, very cool. All right, that brings us now to Ebby. Ebby, what are you what are you gonna do? I think. Oh man, brutal. Um, let's do this. Let's move Ebby the thirty feet of movement towards Yastin. Okay. As a bonus action, I want to shift the unicorn totem to be kind of right next to Nari um, just below her um, but so that way we're still all kind of covered okay and I'm going to again cast another Erdos word on Pine healing him for 7 and then everybody gets another 7 and I'm hoping that would also apply to Yastin and help maybe hopefully stabilize him Actually, it, it his eyes flutter open, and actually, as you cast that, you can see uh, some of the some of the frozen frost and stuff kind of melts off of him as his body temperature rises. Um, he still is definitely like he looks frostbitten and cold, but he's not like straight out of the freezer anymore. But his eyes do open up, and he's still standing actually because I flavored it that he never actually fell because he was frozen. So there you go. Nice. Okay. Cool. And that's that's it for Epi. Okay, Nari, it's your turn. All right, well, Nari will breathe a sigh of relief seeing that her homeboy is not completely dead yet. Um, and she will use the Axe of the Adjudicator for a 17 to hit. That will hit. Um, and then she is also going to use its charge and uh, see if she can get the spider to submit to her power. It's a Is it a wisdom save? Is that what it is? I think so, DC 13. DC 13, he rolled a four, which with a plus zero, <gasps> it worked. Nice, grovel before me, you little tick spider. So on his turn, he will grovel. You have one more attack left. All right, 13 to hit. Do I still get to roll the D4? Yep, yep, roll the D4. Nice, okay. Damn it, okay, so 14 to hit. Oh, so you miss. And it is now the ice spider's turn. And the ice spider turns towards you, Nari, and you see it literally kind of curls its legs underneath it. And its head drops down to the ground right in front of you, waiting for that killing blow. It is essentially prone. I'm killing it. And that is its turn. <laughs> oh, man, that was clutch. Because <laughs> he doesn't just have ice breath. He's got other attacks as well, so... All right, Joff, you're up. All right, um, Joff is going to strike out with his scimitar, and the creature's prone, right? The creature is prone. Yes. So I got. Oh my gosh! I rolled an eleven and thirteen. I'm gonna roll the d4 to see if I can't. Hey, I got a four. You hit. Nice. And so nine slashing damage and nine precision for uh, eighteen damage. Oh, nice. As it bows its head to Nari waiting for that killing blow. Joff kind of, 
I guess, what, like, what do you do? Jump up on its back and stab it through the top of the head or something? Uh, yeah, that works. Yeah, perfect. And then you, as you stab it, uh, this you see all the legs go flying out to the side. It starts to shake and it starts to quiver and then it stops moving. And you have this giant snow spider dead in the grass next to the road. And we're going to cue victory music. Nice. What's good snow themed victory music? When it's cold outside, <laughs> it'll be okay. Oh gosh, that's true. All right. Always. Oh, sorry. Okay. Keep going. No, you're fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yostin kind of, uh, he shakes himself uh, uh, and uh, uh, kind of checks his hands. You can see his hands are shaking from the cold. Um, he, uh, he starts like, kind of clapping them together, stomping his feet. Uh, he's just trying to warm up. What is everybody else going to do? The unicorn is still here for a few, uh, like what, like 45 more seconds. Um, and Kenny's stock is floating around. Uh, Pine is going to rush over to, to Yostin and kind of uh, help him, like steady him with, and, and give him some commander's morale as he does and say, the thing is far too large to travel in packs. Am I right? He says, yeah, yes, yes, they are solitary creatures, but they don't normally come down this far out of, out of the mountains. So cold, so cold. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Here, take some of my commander's morale. <laughs> and how much are you going to give him? I'm going to go ahead and give him 20. Okay, perfect. Um, Pine, how are you doing? Uh, I am at about three quarters. Okay. Uh, Yastin, are, how are you feeling? I... I feel much better now, but I, I, I don't think I can help in, in a fight like that again. I think, I think that with the cold and with my hands not working, I, I feel like I would be a liability. Perhaps we should make camp and rest and, and, and warm up before venturing further on. I think that's a, a great idea. Um, allow me to fortify you a bit more as well. And just to kind of help spread around the healing while the unicorn totem is still in play i'm going to cast with a third level spell slot uh another urdas's word but this time on yastin okay uh just to top him off um yeah 11 healing but then everybody gets the additional seven including him all right so he is he is looking much better he kind of his hands stopped shaking um, he manages to kind of get the arrow that he had knocked in the bow. He kind of puts it back in his quiver uh, at his waist, and he he kind of reslings his bow, um, and 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 kind of shakes himself a little bit. Will this corpse attract scavengers? Should we move on before we settle down? He so it's about noon right now. He says, uh, probably yes, but probably not before nightfall. So we could rest here for an hour or so and then head on. Yes, or. I'm I'm feeling much better. I mean, if we needed to travel now, we could to get to get clear of this thing. Nari wants to kind of like poke around this thing carefully, um, and like just kind of see if she can get any clues as to what it's doing down here. They're they're not usually in this area, right? Yeah, go ahead and make a, a nature check or a survival check. Uh, survival is sixteen. Nice. Yeah, I mean, so Yastin's um, 
he said that they came, came down to the mountains. Usually they don't come down this, this far. Uh, Nari, as you're looking at this thing, you, you just get the impression that there's nothing here to keep it away. So it's probably expanding its territory. Um, but it is interesting that normally they only come down like they, these spiders you've, you've heard of them before you haven't necessarily like encountered them, but they prefer the cold, the very, very cold. And you would not assume that it is cold enough in the Valley right now for this to feel comfortable, right? For this to actually, um, want to be down here and live down here in the Valley, maybe in the heart of winter when everything is covered in snow, but, but not right now. So you're kind of at a loss and the only explanation you can think of is some kind of maybe some kind of, uh, for lack of a better, of a better word, mystical protection that the Stormfist tribe, the Stormfist clan gave this area that's no longer there because they're no longer here. Does that make sense? Sounds sus. Or it was chased away from its actual hunting grounds by something far larger and more dangerous. That's exactly what I was thinking. I did hear the platybears live here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, lay, they lay eggs like woolly oxes do. They're delicious, well, of I course. bet. Of that course. doesn't make them not terrifying. <laughs> please please tell me that plata, plata bear eggs are soft-shelled. Like crocodiles. <laughs> oh, that was great. I don't even want to think about that. That's just, just disgusting. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, permit me 10 minutes. I'm going to, I have to do something. I forgot that I had this spell prepared. So Pine is going to first collect Ken talk, and then he's going to whistle and call out, Crumbles, here boy, Crumbles, and whistle and, and call that out for about 10 minutes uh, as he casts the spell, Summon Crumbles, with his last second level slot. Oh man. So as you do that, <laughs> then um, after about 10 minutes, you can see something moving in the woods kind of off to the northwest uh, or sorry, to the northeast out of the uh, Stormfist land. And um, you see that kind of uh, uh, Yastin's Aelaton had had bolted a little bit during the fight, but it has now since come back. Um, and uh, Crumbles actually comes up right next to the other Aelaton and is kind of standing next to Yastin's Aelaton. So Crumbles is now back on the field. Yeah. And, and yes, uh, the, the summon uh, Crumbles spell has verbal and somatic uh, components. So the verbal is calling Crumbles here, boy. And the, the somatic is is whistling, like putting my fingers to my lips and whistling. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> going to like bend over and like pat your pat your thighs. Here, boy. Oh, yeah, that too. Here, yes. <laughs> I don't know if you could pick up my patting of my thighs, but. Oh, yeah. Could totally pick it up. Very clued in. <laughs> I can dig it. You can dig it. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Love digging right. going on. All right. Are you guys ready to move out? Are you guys want to do anything here with this big spider? What's your plan? Well, Ebby, you don't have a mount anymore. Um. Well, I'll, I can conjure something for the time being, or I'll just change into a mount. Okay. I was going to offer that you could ride with me, but I think you might be too heavy. I, You've done it I now. Mean, what are you, 300 pounds? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> there is a distinct <laughs> glittering in the eyes of Ebby right now. Oh, man. Uh, just, awesome. I, I would love to, but honestly, I might crush your poor beekaboo. And yeah. so I think I might have to just pass. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the thought. Did you just praise yourself? <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, well, at least I thought about it. Like... 
Nice. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. I did just praise myself for this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I won't forget this, Joff. Ebby <laughs> pauses, puts his hand on Joff's shoulder, stares into his eyes and says again, very deliberately, I will never forget about this. <laughs> <laughs> Joff kind of pushes the hand off and says, all right, well, uh, let's get back to, to the road. Yastin looks more uncomfortable now than he did when he was frozen. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, Yastin. It's this whole will they, won't they. It'll pay off sometime in chapter five. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. Yastin kind of whistles for his Aelaton and his Aelaton comes over and he mounts back up and he says, well, shall we be heading on? Are any of these, any pieces of this creature valuable? He shrugs. I wouldn't need it. Well, like food for, you know, like monster hunter, make armor and things. Like a venom gland we could use. That's, yeah. If you guys want to make survival checks and start to dissect this thing, that's fine. Go ahead. That's not, not a problem. Yastin is not going to. He is going to kind of continue to watch the kind of the, off to the northwest like he was before, um, but even more wary if possible. Yeah, Pine's not really the kind to take a trophy, so he he just was asking. Yeah, it might it might be better to just kind of move on as we go. <laughs> well, while you guys are deciding that Ebby is totally just ravaging through this body to see if there's anything <laughs> useful. So the chitin on the spider, um, it had an AC of 17 and it was all just natural. So, I mean, the chitin could be used to make armor of an AC 17, um, you know, uh, probably if you wanted to gather some of that up. But um, that's going to take some survival rules and some time. I mean, I do kind of hate this half plate that I've been wearing, but I think I'll stick with it for now. It saved your life a couple times. Spider Abby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So what's worse, spider butt rope or uh, spider freezing breath? Honestly, at least I was fighting freezing breath. I don't really like like butt rope. Like I had to initiate it and that was really bad. (laughs) Be sure to be gentle with it. (laughs) Don't give it a tug. (laughs) And just like that, I am creeped out. Okay. Are you guys going to take off then? Uh, yeah, I yeah. think so. And Ebby's going to kind of robotically reconfigure. I think at this point, Yastin will now see him robotically change. So like he'll, he'll take off his traveler garb, stuff it into his sack and actually reconfigure into like a metallic elk kind of thing. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, Yastin looks confused. And we'll say that you guys had that whole conversation. Wait, well, huh? what's going on? What? And then you guys kind of explain um yeah that whole situation um but yastin um as he's mounted up on his Aelaton, um staring at elk ebby um kind of looks over at nari and says uh, past this point i don't know the way as clearly as you do yeah i can i can take over from here um honestly i appreciate all you've done the last couple of days uh, and i know that that was a rough battle we just faced if you want to head back home uh, i won't be offended by it he uh why don't you make an insight check nari uh nine okay um he says no i i i will see this through i will see this through as a as a tall heart i feel it is my duty well your assistance is much appreciated my dude (laughs) all right 
Awesome. So now, Nari, you're going to be leading the way, which means if there's going to be a survival check, you're going to make it, even if you make it with advantage. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay, perfect. All right, well, let's head back out on the trail. I want uh, Nari to make a survival check. Uh, you can make it with advantage because you're going to be getting help. Roll day 18. All right, awesome. And with an 18... Um, as you guys start to travel um, along the road that runs next to, or the path that runs next to the river, you guys can see um, that the trail that you're following has become harder to follow. It is becoming more overgrown and lost under bushes. You can see there's places where um, like part of it may have washed away and fallen down into the river, kind of fallen down into a bank, uh, or down the bank and into the river. Um, the, the, the traveling is harder. The land seems, I mean, it's it's not tamed wilderness, but there is this feeling of this is wild land. This is untamed land. This is unprotected land. And Nari, as you're traveling, you feel it almost in your bones. Remember, uh, I don't know if you remember this, you know, episodes and episodes ago, you were talking with Delon, who is the soft paw. Um, kind of that tall, thin elf woman who lives kind of in one of the valleys up here in the in the Glass Mountains. And you were talking about, um, you know, how you felt like the mountains were calling you. Um, and she said something about how, like, the mountains are part of you, they're in you. Um, and you feel that, that feeling. But this feels like these mountains, this valley is... Wrong is not the right word, but not familiar to you like it used to be. Man, you guys, I got some bad, bad vibes about this place. Well, and it might be because you haven't been up here for six years, you know, and you kind of built a new home. But you feel like it's more than that. You feel like the storm fist protection, the storm fist um, aura is gone um, here. So... But as you travel with your excellent roll of an 18 survival, you guys manage to travel for a couple more days, actually, until you get to a point where, Nari, you know that the Stormfist Winter Home, which is where normally the majority of your your clan will will kind of pass out, pass through the winter down here in the valley, you know that you are getting very close. And as you come around a kind of a bend in the river, the path, uh, you can see the path leading towards this settlement in the distance. And you can see, oh, I forgot to say that now the last couple of days it has started to snow, not like a blizzard, but just kind of flurries. And the snow has started to definitely stick and settle in places. Um, so that also, um, adds to some of the discomfort of the travel but as you come around this bend in the river you can see the river it leads down to this kind of this mountain lake and on the far side of the lake maybe even a half mile uh, distant you see this settlement this winter home does it look like uh, anybody's home why don't you make a perception check 19 no it does not look like anybody's home. In fact, it looks like nobody has been here for quite some time. As you glance around, you can see some of the houses that you recognize. Like it's just like the back of your hand. Uh, you've been here so many times. Every year you'd come down the mountains to this place and, and spend your winter here. Uh, roofs have fallen in in places, right? Just from 
of disuse, right? It's it's hard to to see a lot at this distance, but you can you can tell the feel of abandonment here. Bad, bad vibes, my guys. So this is where you'd spend your winters growing up? Yes, although obviously it was much more lively back then. Um, but by this point in the year, my family should be should be back in the area. Uh, it's it's incredibly odd. I mean, obviously all of this is incredibly odd, but they should be back by now. I'm really sorry that you have to see your home like this. Let's see what we can do about that. Yeah, Nari would definitely want to head towards town and kind of go through, rummage through the buildings, see what she can find. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you have a house here that you grew up in. Yeah, no, and I definitely want to go there, but kind of investigate all of it. Right. As you guys ride into this settlement, you have to kind of skirt around the lake. Um, there's a little um, uh, place where your your mounts kind of have to crawl through some water um, to like uh, they ford the uh, a little stream that leads into the lake. The main river that goes up in the mountains uh, kind of heads further off to the north uh, and west. Uh, but you do have a little, a couple of streams that come down in here and they feed into this lake. So you do have to like, um, wade across uh, a couple of streams, but you come to this settlement, you see, uh, numerous houses, some bigger, some smaller, but none of them are very large. Um, some of them are literally like 20 feet by 20 feet. Some of them are, you know, maybe twice that size, but really nothing very big here in winter home. So as you guys come along the edge of the lake, you can see Nari, there's a little space here in town um, where there's like five houses that are right up against the lake. And one of those houses is the house that you spend a lot of time in. So you've got basically like an L shape of houses, um, three running north and south, and then two of them head off to the east there. There's like this little grouping of five houses and your house, Nari, your house is the fourth house. Nice. That's a good house. <laughs> And it's a small one. It's like 20 feet by 20 feet. You can see all these houses have porches. These houses are all kind of built up off the ground. And there's porches and staircases leading up to the porches. Um, and Nari, you would know that these houses, they are small, but they all also have cellars um, that you access inside that would you'd hold like, you know, like a root cellar where you'd keep like vegetables and potatoes and, you know, turnips, that kind of thing. You keep things down there to keep them, um, to keep them fresh throughout the winter. You'd use it for storage. So these houses, uh, though they're not big, maj the majority of them, there is like a whole second level that's just for storing food underneath. As we are kind of coming into town, um, Abby's going to change out of elk form and kind of walk next to pine and crumbles. And um, he he's going to kind of whisper, not really whisper, but just kind of talk to Pine softly and just kind of ask him, in your years in military service, I'm sure you saw a fair few number of towns that had been pillaged, sacked, or razed, or at least had seen some sort of fighting. Do you see any indication here that there were that there was any kind of a, a scuffle or a skirmish here in town. As you say that, Ebby, before Pine makes any kind of check, Pine looks into the center of this uh, area by the lake where Nari's house is that she grew up in. And underneath the snow, Pine, you spot 
it looks like a dead animal. And as you look at it from even from this distance, it looks like it's a dead horse laying there in the snow. Well, the dead horse is not a good sign. <laughs> uh, to be honest, we tried to keep our soldiers in line, raiding, pillaging. That was it against the rules of engagement. We would take what was needed for our armies, but but we'd leave homes and families intact. The fact that there is a a, a dead animal that hasn't been taken care of, this looks like not only was there potentially combat here, but that they left in a hurry. They weren't expecting to return anytime soon. Could it possibly be disease or something? Should I go first and check to make sure it's safe? Yeah, I'll go with you too. I seem to be pretty hardy when it comes to diseases. Fair enough. Okay. All right. So Ebby and Pine are going to go off into kind of the center of town. Anybody else want to come and risk fantasy bubonic plague? <laughs> COVID-20. Oh, gosh. Oh, geez. Oh. Uh, um, too soon. Too I soon. Know, I know. Nari will be going towards her house and she'll be kind of like checking out that area. Gotcha. Yeah, Yostin's going to kind of come down to the lake. Um, he sees that, like, uh, there in the lake, there's, like, a, an old rowboat. And it, it is definitely not um, floating. It's just kind of some, like, uh, some garbage, basically, now that's washed up on shore. Um, and he's just going to kind of start looking um, at this rowboat and glancing around the space. Joff, what are you up to? Uh, Joff is going to hang out outside. He doesn't really have much reason to go in, so he's just going to hang out with Yostin. Gotcha. Okay, so um, let's start with the uh, with this dead horse. Um, Pine and Ebby, you guys are both, you know, investigating this. So why don't you guys, since one of, one of you can help the other, I want a survival or investigation check. Uh, I could roll a survival. Yeah, I'd help you out with that. Cool. Uh, 21. 21. Um, as you look at this horse, uh, it does not look like this horse died from any kind of disease or even from the cold weather. It is very easy to see that there are claw marks and bite marks. And with your uh, very good roll, um, you can see that you're looking at this horse. It looks like this thing was killed by these claws and then um, the bites happened later. So claws killed this thing and then bites were something was eating this horse. Um, as far as how long ago, it's hard to tell because of the snow, because of kind of being preserved by the cold weather. It, it's hard to tell. Got it. You suppose it was too frozen for whatever was eating it to, to finish its meal? Perhaps, unless whatever came in to try to eat it was similarly dispatched. Or chased off by something larger. Hmm. I fear something to that effect. Maybe we shouldn't let Nari go in alone. Well, Nari's <laughs> already in her house. Whoops. Don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nari, you have gone to your house. Did you go in? Uh, I was thinking I would be on the porch uh, while they're kind of investigating the, the horse and just kind of peeking in the window, seeing if there's anything obviously wrong. The windows are very grimy. In fact, the last time that you saw your house was um, maybe, I think maybe at this point, like a month ago when you had that vision and you saw 
uh, winter home and you saw that it was abandoned and the house looks basically like it did in your vision. The windows are grimy. Um, as you look in, there's no light. There's no heat coming from this house at all. I, you can't really see anything right now. It's about probably three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, you can't see anything in the house. You know that the sun is going to start going down here very soon. Within the next two hours, it will be dark. But um, yeah, it looks like from out here, not much to see. Yeah, I'll bust on in. Okay. Um, when you go in, um, the first thing that you notice is nothing. There is like nothing left. There used to be beds um, kind of in this main room. This is where you guys would all sleep. And then there's like a back room. Basically, this house is split in two. The front is where you would all sleep and where you would all eat. And the back is where you would have like more of a kind of a the storage area where you were using like the things you were going to use that day, as well as kind of your cooking area. Um, and like there are still like bed frames, but no bedding. There's a table, but the chairs are gone. Um, there is no plates and pots or anything. There's no furs on the floor. Um, it's like everything was taken away. There's nothing here. Um, and, um, you know, I don't know what all Nari had here that maybe she kept secret or anything like that, but it looks like everything that was, you know, quote unquote valuable is gone. Yeah, I don't think Nari would have stored anything there just because of the way that housing's not necessarily super permanent. Right. But I think she's visibly upset about how empty the house is, but it does look like it's abandoned. Um, can she kind of poke through any of the rubble and see if there was a struggle or if it was like willingly taken or anything like that? Yeah, why don't you make an investigation check? Nine. I mean, it looks like it's just been taken. I mean, whether somebody, there was a struggle or anything, you can't tell, um, it's clean. So clean as in nothing's here. Um, there's definitely like dust and and dirt and, uh, you know, kind of some like a musty smell. I, I think I can speak for all of our listeners, Paul, when I say, what's the Gringe situation like in here? <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's <laughs> gringy. gringy. <laughs> there is some serious uh, Gringe in uh, in this place. I forgot about that word. That's great. All right, um, Joff, you're just kind of hanging out? Yeah, yeah, just uh, hanging out outside with y Yastin. Okay, why don't you go ahead and make like uh, an investigation check? If you're hanging out with Yastin, he's looking around, so why don't you make an investigation check? Uh, Joff got a 23 on his investigation. 23. Um, as you're kind of kicking around, um, Yastin wanders over a little bit further um, kind of south, and you're with him, and uh, as you are kicking around joff you see there's like a a, a pile of snow uh that um as you walk up to it and kick it there's something solid underneath it joff will bend down and push the snow aside inspect it you uncover a body as you push aside the snow you you find this figure um it looks to be a male a human probably anywhere between 5'10 and 6 foot, wearing armor and furs and leather, still holding a sword in its hand, a shield uh, strapped to its arm, and it is laying here. Uh, it's pretty stiff now from being frozen and, and uh, covered in snow, but there is definitely a dead body here. Hmm. I need everyone to make 
Perception checks. Everyone, everyone? Everyone, everyone. Pine rolled a 13. Nari rolled a 22. Joff got a 14, but I'm going to do his... He's The squire's going to help him out a little bit. Okay. And turn that into a 20, uh, 22. Ebby uh, Ebby had rolled a 15. All right. Everybody except for Pine. Pine, you are still bent down examining this horse. Yeah, Pine yells out, Good news, everyone! The horse didn't die from disease. It was brutally killed by some creature with... <laughs> <laughs> As you say that, everyone else can hear the crunching of snow and as you look around you, you see from the north, from the east and from the west figures start to come in towards this area of the settlement. You all see these large um, basically basically the size of like a uh, like a woolly ox and it actually is kind of covered in fur long fur like a woolly ox but it's where where Porthos is like dark fur this is white 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 like snow with huge tusks coming out almost like a with a long trunk almost like a mini mammoth um, probably about the size of a horse and following behind on the east and on the west you see these massive 19, 20 foot tall bears, huge bears come following along behind these tuskers. And as they approach the center of town, I need everyone to roll initiative. But that's going to have to wait till next time. Oh! (laughs) But the platybears showed up. Remember my roll? It was a 17. <laughs> the platybears. <laughs> 20. <laughs> These are not platybears. There's no duck bills or anything like that. No eggs. These are massive giant bears, and they are coming into this settlement to see who has invaded their turf. We'll get to that next time. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. I hope you guys have had a great time. We had one very hairy fight and we will have another one coming up next time so hopefully you guys can't wait uh it should be a good one until next time i hope you all have a great time